This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 97.1 FM Talk. Podcast. The following is a paid program. All right. Good Saturday afternoon, everybody. My name is Rich Orris. I am a senior home consultant for a full-service design-build remodeling company called Mosby Building Arts. And for the next hour, I am your host of Right at Home with Rich, but also your personal home consultant for one hour. Call in. Give me a call. We can go over... A lot of basement stuff, a lot of foundation stuff today. 314-241-9797. Thanks for tuning in on this very beautiful Saturday afternoon. And don't forget, when you call in, you'll be eligible for that $25 Stephanina's gift card. Get you a great Italian dinner or lunch. And the number you need, 314-241-9797. Make sure you leave us your phone number so we can call you next week if you're the big winner and get that card out to you. So on today's show, I have a regular guest here with me from Helitech. Kevin Welsh is with me. We're going to be talking basement foundations. We're going to be talking water. We've got it all. And of course, halfway through the show, I will share my ride-at-home hack. You don't want to miss that for sure. So here's your question for today. What is wrong with your basement Call in, let me and Kevin know what ails you with your basement, your home's foundation, anything like that. We've got the expert. We've got the answers for you. Let's get this thing started. Give us a call one more time. Write this down. I'll do it real slow. 314-241-9797. So let's go ahead and get started here. Kevin, how are you doing this afternoon? Doing great, Rich. Glad to be with you. How you awesome. doing? Awesome. Hey, uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing really, really good. I'm kind of I'm in between painting my mom's home. You were talking about going down to cut the grass at the, the the family country place and everything. That's what I think this is the weekend for that kind of stuff. It's nice. It's beautiful out. Everybody's getting caught up. Everybody's it's time. Yeah, yep. it's it's we've had so much rain. We've had so much going on that um you know, it is. It's time to play catch up and we're all trying to get these different things done. So yeah, so much rain you can almost see the grass growing. Yeah. So so dare I ask you, what have you been seeing a lot of out there with so much rain? Oh boy. Um a lot of lot of waterproofing issues, a lot of people getting water in their basement. Um seeing people that have never had water in their basement in fifty years of living in the house and suddenly yeah. here it comes. And it's a very you know, it's a variation of issues, cracks. Uh, and the foundation that have appeared that they can't see behind drywall or paneling, um, or in some cases happening too, is is new hydrostatic uh, hydrostatic pressure issues. So it's uh, it's been nuts. We've been very busy. 
Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, it's everywhere like that. Well, it's the same thing as like the one I called you about yesterday that we got set up for next week. That's, you know, they got a lot of plumbing issues, but they've got groundwater coming in because of the plumbing issues, you know, underneath the uh, basement floor and everything. And I'm like, you know, we can fix your plumbing issue, but man, I just, we'll, we'll rebuild your bathroom. We'll fix all your plumbing issues. And then what if three years from now we're tearing this bathroom apart because you got groundwater coming in? Yeah, it's you know, I'm like, common. I just, yeah, I just wouldn't. You got two things going. I really wouldn't address one without the other. You know, while you have it open yeah. and everything. So yeah, it's it's that's the we're seeing a lot of that. And then uh, you know, some things are just simple. Is you know, I saw a gentleman this morning. His, gut, his gutters were clogged. His downspouts were clogged. Um, it looked like he hadn't cleaned his gutters out in maybe two or three years yeah. and he's wondering why he's getting water in his basement suddenly. And I just said, look, start there, clean yeah. that stuff out, get all that taken care of, get the downspouts routed away. We do all that work. Yeah. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, if you start at that and then work your way backwards and if we got to get into some, some pits and drainage systems and all that, then we will. But, but, uh, yeah, gutters are just so critical. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. And, and, you know, like at my, my last house that I had, um, you know, had probably three or four of the standard foundation cracks, nothing, you know, coming off the corner of the window, there wasn't a problem with the foundation, but it had some of those cracks and a couple of them got a little bit of water. The side of the house was kind of flat and everything. And I, uh, rerouted all my downspout drains around, piped them underground, got them out to the front corner of the, the property around the front of the house, regraded the whole side yard, fixed the fence, did all this work, had water running, you know, outside where I needed it. For probably 13 years, I never had a drop of water in one of those cracks. But then the minute I go to sell the house, I epoxy all the cracks because they just, you know, that's the real estate people are like, you just got to do them. Yep. And I'm like, okay, fine, I'll do them, you know, but I'm like, I fixed the issue that was actually bringing the water to my foundation. So that's, to me, is better, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's the preventative measure that you want to take. And, yeah, And, absolutely. you know, what I tell people all the time is that, you know, just because you did that doesn't mean it's going to solve everything. You got to stay up with it. Stick your hose down in those things, you know, once a year. Yeah. And go look at the outlet and make sure the water's traveling out and that they're not clogged from some other reason of being an animal getting into them and making a little nest or or chewing through it or they've collapsed over the years. So, you know, once you do them, you know, then you just still got to check them out every once in a while and make sure they're they're operating right. But it's weather patterns nowadays, the way they are, you got to have this, these things routing away. Yeah, yeah, and I tell everybody, when you once you do that, it's basically your gutter cleaning job goes to the end of wherever that comes out. And you make sure, you know, You've got it all taken care of. And I've heard a lot over the years, you know, there's there's a lot of controversy with the the what we call the pop-up emitters, you know, at the end of those drains. Um and, and for everybody out there, it's it's kind of a green cap that you put on top of, you know, you put a four-inch elbow and it comes up to the ground, and you put this green cap on it, and the center of the cap will lift up and let water out when once you have enough hydrostatic pressure from the water running from the gutters and everything. That keeps stuff from getting inside of it. But the argument is always it holds water in there, and water can freeze and break the pipe or have all these different things, you know, happen because it, it kind of creates like a, like a pee trap at your sink or your 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 toilet or something where it will kind of hold some water in there, but if you install it right and you get some rock underneath it, 
and there's a little hole in the end of that elbow. If you use the proper elbow and, and that little hole will let that water out and you will not have those issues and, and it'll, you know, slowly go to groundwater that way, you know, 10 feet or more from the foundation. Well, then you can not have those animals and stuff getting in there. You cannot have sitting water at the end of it, different stuff like that. And I've actually got photos of, um, I've got one, the guy had an open-ended pipe like that. And he, they said, yeah, that thing's always clogging. And I just, we're always cleaning out. I can't figure out why. And I, I looked in it and I actually got a picture of the groundhog living in it. It's looking at me from that pipe. <laughs> and I was like, boy, this is golden right here. Yeah. Click, you know, it's like you just a house for him until it rains. You know, he's got this perfect place. And I saw another one in winter. You could see the tracks going into it, you know, through the, through the snow and everything. And I'm like, yep, there you go. Yep. Stuff living in your pipes and everything. So, you know, open end is great if you're on a really steep hill and there's a creek behind you or something like that. But man, that that pop up can keep those things from jumping in there, living in there, clogging it up, and and all of that. But you still got to take that pop up off, clear that thing out, make sure it's clean, running. You know everything's working properly. You still got to clean your gutters, and that's a part of your gutter system. You know now that you've gone yeah, through all is, that, there, they are not maintenance free. <laughs> but there's a ton of issues that you know if if you. Do the maintenance and and you get the stuff away. There's so many issues that can just be handled from the outside, you know, and, Absolutely. and just take yep. care of it. And it's awesome that you guys offer that because I would imagine there's probably a lot of people out there that are just fix the foundation, epoxy it, it do whatever, you in know. In the last two years, uh, we, we when we decided we were going to do these things, um, it it's it's almost like every other job that you look at people's gutters they the traditional elbow yeah. at the bottom and the water's just discharging right up against the foundation and we're like look we can do a million things for you inside which some of in some cases you need um, but you need to still do this too and get that water away yeah so. absolutely so we will talk about some more of this. We will get into, I'd love to get into crawl spaces maybe this time because we really didn't do that. They're not fun to get into, Rich. Uh, last time. They're not. They're <laughs> dirty. They're nasty. They can be moldy and full of humidity, full of water. So I think we'll get into our first break. Feel free to give us a call for me and Kevin. If you've got anything with your foundation, 314-241-9797. All right, we are back. We are having a blast here on this beautiful Saturday afternoon. I'm sure you've got things from the past few weeks that you need Helitech to look at. When We had so much rain, all the stuff happened in the water, all of that. Um, there's so much going on, and I urge everybody to. And, Kevin, this is probably, you know, a big one for you too of finding things that people just don't look at. You know, I urge everyone go take a look. If you haven't been down in your basement, go down in your basement. If you haven't, you know, just walk around, take a look at what's going on around. Cause you, you just might notice something. You just might find something. And you know, um, what kind of what I've always said is if, if, if you don't have anything going on with your house, it means you're probably not looking hard enough. Yeah, you should probably look harder. Yeah. Get, you know? And you know what do people do when it's raining? They stay inside. Yeah, exactly. You know, they just yeah. chill and everything's cool and we're good. And they just watch the rain. Grab an umbrella, 
Put yeah. your boots on and go out and walk around your house for 20 minutes. Not in the lightning, but yeah. you know, walk around and just look at what your gutters and downspouts are doing and, and where the drainage is going and what what issues you might have because that's the way you're going to find it. Yep, and, and it's so true. Like So in my basement, um, I, I've got a bar set up and there's a little closet next to the bar and that closet is actually my sump pump. It's not a closet for anything but the sump pump. And I went down there like, oh, sometime last week and just literally open the closet and just look in it, you know, just, I mean, cause you could literally do that and, and have water one inch from the top and be like, Oh my God. You know, that's how you all the time. It. Yeah. Yeah. So everything's yeah, good at the Oris household right now, but good. I was like all the rain and stuff we've been having. Like, you know what? I haven't looked at that in a while. I should peek in there. I, and had, you should. I had one last week where um, I was on a call and, and they had a sump pump with a drainage system that wasn't done by us. Um, and they said everything had been perfectly fine up until just recently. And there was cracks in the floor. The basement wasn't finished, and you could see the moisture coming up through the floor. I'm like, you got a sump pump? And they're like, yeah. So walk over, look at the sump pump, and it was exactly what you just said. The pump had quit working. Yeah. And the water was sitting, you know, at the top of the of the pit. Yeah. Which means that all the piping around it, the, the drain tile, was full of water. Yeah. And the basement underneath the floor was full of water. So I actually was able to get the pump to kick on and work, and it sat and it drained for probably an hour while I was there. And they finally decided, we probably need to put a new pump in and a new backup battery yeah. system. I said, there you go. <laughs> yeah. That's the fix. Yeah. So, well, and there's, you know, um, kind of talking about that maintenance to all this stuff, you know, um, when you put in a battery backup, how long does one of those typically last? That because even though it's like plugged in, recharging, and doing its thing, I mean, it's got to have a life expectancy. Yeah, they all vary, Rich, based upon you know really what kind of activity they're going through. Um, so it's always good, you know. We we've got a maintenance program where you can call us up. We'll come out for a small fee. We'll check your pump. We'll check your battery backup. Yeah, we'll make sure everything's operating the way it should be. Uh, recommend you know replacement if needed. Uh, in a lot of cases, we can do it right on the spot. But, yeah, it's just, again, it's not something you can just sit there and, and expect that it's going to last forever. It's no different than changing the oil in your car. Yeah. You know, you don't do that, you're going to have a problem down the road. If you're not having maintenance done on your vehicles, you're going to have something's going to go wrong. Yeah. So, you know, if you've got basements that, especially if they're finished, man, give us a call, get us out there, and have us come take a look at it, and we'll tell you whether it's in good order or not. Pumps typically five to ten years. Yeah. I would say a battery backup probably about the same. Yeah. You know, the batteries are just like a car battery or a marine battery. So you got to make sure that, you know, that they're still charging and everything's all good. Now, are the batteries that you guys use on your battery backup system that you put in, do you need to put the water or anything in that battery? No. Or is it it's a sealed one? It's that, a sealed marine okay. battery. Yep. It's charging constantly and it's there for not only a a, a power outage, Everybody always thinks of a battery backup is just power outage. And with the, all the wires and, and electric going underground nowadays, outages aren't quite as significant of an issue as they used to be. Um, still happens, but but um, they, they're also, that battery backup's also there in case of your main battery or your main pump, pump yeah. stopping and not working. Then you've got your backup kicking in. Yeah, because so, there is an actual, you know, for, for people out there that wouldn't know, there's an actual another sump pump that's higher up that goes off that battery yep, once. It's, got so its, it's own, not trying to run the same pump. It's got its own pump. Yep, it's got its own separate pump doing its own separate thing. Now, have you ever done any of the water 
backups where it actually uses water to do it? Um, where you type, where you tap into the main, mm-hmm. the water main. Um, I have not personally have seen them. Um, it's really cool. It's it's yeah. really the it's ultimately the way to go if you can do it. Yeah. If you can if you can connect to that water line and have it be you know in an area that's close enough to do it. There's some issues I know with it, but um, but yeah, ultimately then you're using you're using that line and, and the water. It's a totally different ball game. Yeah, it's it's in, probably needs like an actual plumber to plumb stuff and run copper lines. But there is one that actually runs off of the water pressure from the house. Now, of course. If you have a well, that's not going to help you because if your power goes out, your well's going to stop running. Right. You're not going to have water pressure. So um, think about that. But um, so, you know, not everything's one size fits all or the best thing for each, but there's plenty of different methods and everything out there. But, um, but yeah, I'll bet you get a lot of people that just kind of probably call for that maintenance, but they haven't done anything for 10 years and they probably need like a new pump and all that stuff. I'll bet when you get out there, because I see a lot of that too. Yeah, that's a yeah. lot of times when we're getting a call when people are like suddenly my basement's flooding and they don't understand why and yeah. and it's because they've basically in a nutshell neglected their system. Yeah. And when you do that, you know, you're asking for trouble. Well, so, it works. That's the thing. And I I hear that all the time is, you know, I'll I'll be looking at people's houses or looking at maybe finishing their basement. I'm like, "Well, you know, oh, you had a sump pump put in. Yeah, things been great, you know, and have, have you changed the sump pump? Have you maintenance it? Have you done anything with it? No, it's just kind of there. It just works. Well, how long did you put it in? And, you know, the 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 husband will say, oh, it's probably been there five, six years. And then the wife will go, yeah, no, more like eight or ten. And, and, you know, you lose track of time. You don't even really realize that, hey, I haven't done anything to my sump pump for ten years. And then they look back at the record and go, oh, wow, 11 years. It was 08, you know. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, time exactly. to maintenance that yeah, thing. Exactly. So, it happens more times than you can imagine. I've seen it with generators, too, that um, they they get a generator from, like, an electrical company, like a whole house generator. And this thing is, like you were mentioning, the car. It's like a, it's a car motor is basically what it is. It needs an oil change. It needs, you know, it has to run so often and all this. And there's service packages to them to constantly come out and service these whole house generators and people will kind of get it and do that for the first couple years or they get like a year or two package and then they kind of forget about it and then all of a sudden they're like yeah that thing doesn't work it's like well you forgot it's been three years and you haven't had a service package and they haven't you know it's like not running your car for a month or something it may not start you know like your lawnmower yeah, <laughs> like a lot of people right now are lately have probably found out their lawnmowers aren't re- operating too well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they didn't empty the gas. They didn't change the oil. They didn't pull whatever. They didn't put new spark plugs in. It's all it's all got maintenance. It's all got to be looked at and checked out. So it's what we're here for. Yeah. So you know, another thing I urge, especially in times like these, kind of looking at that, um, looking around your house, look into that maintenance stuff. See if you find anything is, you know, going into a crawl space. You know, crawl spaces are usually moist, damp. They're, the ground in there, there's they leave dirt a lot of times. Um, you know, so just the the urgency of get in there or have a professional get in there. Just hey, check it out. Make sure everything's okay. You know, you build this room addition. You don't think about the room addition for twelve years again, and then you could have water down there you could have mold down there you could have all these things going on 
that you just don't even realize or happen. I had a client that I went in this crawl space and he thought he had a structural issue from the house, but it was water. It was rusting out the steel pipe columns holding up the center of the house and they were actually getting shorter. And when I came out, I told him I'd show him some photos of the mold. And he said, that's okay. I can smell it on you. (laughs) Great. (laughs) I believe you, you know. So, hey, we're going to get into a hard break here, though. But, hey, give us a call. Any foundation stuff, 314-241-9797. We'll be right back. All right, here we go. Halfway through the show. Get ready for the hack, but I do want to remind everybody, call in, ask us any question, and you will be entered for that $25 Stephanina's gift card. The number, 314-241-9797. Give us a shout. We can go over anything remodeling, anything you got going on. I do have Kevin Welsh, my foundation specialist, with me here today. So if you've got anything with your water coming in, um, or you want to even know, you know, what what should you be looking for? Give us a shout. We can answer whatever questions you have. 314-241-9797. So I'm going to get into my hack here. And Kevin, you probably, I'm going to guess you've probably seen this because I'm sure we all remember in the refrigerator, your mom having an open container of baking soda. Oh, yeah. Or, or your mom's mom, grandma, whoever they've got, you know, and, and, you know, to absorb the smells in the refrigerator, they would always, you know, have that in there. And of course, you know, Ziploc and plastic containers has probably taken the place of baking soda in the refrigerator in today's world. But there are hundreds of uses for baking soda. It is almost unlimited of the different things that you could actually do with baking soda. So I put together a list of kind of like a top seven of all natural kind of things that you could actually do with baking soda that people probably don't know. I'm sure my mom, my grandma probably did half of this and I just didn't even realize it. Um, but the, the first one is a natural oven cleaner. So oven cleaners are nasty and they are like, the chemical smell, the mask, the gloves, the stuff. So you can actually use baking soda as a natural oven cleaner. Um, and you basically sprinkle it in the oven and then you get some water on it, let it form like a paste and let it sit there for, for a few hours. And then it will clean up that burnt grease, the gunk, all that stuff. Um, it, it will clean all that stuff up. So, um, Another thing is um, a homemade deodorant, and they actually say it works better than actual the type of deodorants that they sell today, but you mix it with some coconut oil and some shea butter and some things, and you can actually make your own deodorant with this stuff. Kind of in with that oven cleaning, a scouring powder. So there's a recipe for a scouring powder that you put the baking soda and some salt and some other stuff and some lemon drops and you actually make like an Ajax that would, you know, clean up countertops, tubs, different things like that. Um, So um, another one is a detox bath. You can actually put this stuff in your bathtub. You can combine it with a couple other things and do like an actual detox bath for yourself with it's great um, for 
it's actually great for, for people, for, for your skin, for, for everything. Um, so another kind of natural person thing is homemade toothpaste. You can, there's a recipe out there to put some stuff together and make homemade toothpaste with it. That one I remember, you know, being done. Grandma or somebody. I'm figuring out now why you smell like coconut oil. Is that what it is? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not the paint from earlier. It's it's, it's the deodorant. (laughs) Um, So another really good one they say that's great is a facial scrub. So you can... There's kind of a recipe out there. You put some stuff together and you use it like a face mask. It's like a facial scrub that you, you know, people do that stuff like once a week or something like that. It's supposed to be great for the skin. Um, And then the last one, which I had never heard that um, I used to have a lot of, you know, acid reflux and stuff, you know, uh, years ago. Um, And, but they say it can actually be a natural antacid that you put, you know, a quarter teaspoon teaspoon in a glass of water and it will take your heartburn away just like that drink glass with that in there and it'll take care of being an antacid for you. Interesting. So, and if you do any research on this stuff, this is like, I could, I could have 93 more and not be done with the list, but there's so many cool things to do and, and it costs like 98 cents. You know, even just like a box of this stuff, it literally costs nothing and you can really do some cool natural things with it. So that is my hack for this week. Stay tuned next week. Last week we, um, did one on, and we'll probably get into a little bit of this, Kevin, in, in the crawl space and that last week we did one on the secrets of mold remediation and the crawl spaces where you have a lot of that stuff. So if you're looking for any of these, you can go. Back in 971's website, you can get back to all of the past episodes, the podcast, and listen to to any of these. I'm doing one every week for you. So um, just wanted to put that out there. We'll have another one next week. So. Good good stuff, man. Isn't it? So, yep. so maybe they could just put like an open bowl of baking soda in the crawl space. And it'll absorb mm. some of that odor or something so you don't come out smelling like mold when you <laughs> get in there and start looking As at it. We things. always tell people if you got a crawl space and you've not done anything with it, you probably got mold. Yeah, exactly. There's so much well and what a lot of people don't understand too is is it's not always water. You know, it's 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 sometimes it's humidity, it's just moisture vapor coming from the ground. It's not necessarily water. So like you guys do dehumidifiers. Oh, yeah. So so ex- explain to the listeners kind of like if you have a crawl space, what's the, the typical treatment for an old musty crawl space? Well, you, it, you know, it's, it's, it varies again um, as we talk a lot about it. There's not one fix for all, but, you know, we do vapor barriers where we come in and put a, a thin metal plastic down over the top of the surface and wrap it up the foundation um, we do um, dehumidifiers by themselves. We've got a dehumidifier that we can actually hang in the uh, in between the floor joists. Um, obviously, you got to get electric to it. Um, yeah, that's pretty critical. I think it, I think every crawl, crawl space should have some uh, a dehumidifier in it. Um, we can get into putting in our hydroway drainage system if you're getting water into the basement or into the crawl space uh, with a sump pit and a sump pump, so we collect the water and get it out of there. Uh, that's pretty much it. But yeah, I mean, he, not every one of them needs a hydroway system in it yeah. and a sump pit and a sump pump and all that. 
um, sometimes you can just get away with the dehumidifier and a, and a, and a nice vapor barrier. Yeah. It makes it look good too, cleans it up, makes it just look more presentable, but holds down all that, all that vapor and that moisture underneath it. Yep. It's kind of like, think about a, you know, the reverse effect of a swimming pool. Keep the water on the outside of the swimming pool liner. That way everything inside of it stays nice and dry. And, you know, and another thing I see a lot of that, you know, people that kind of that old, old way of doing things and now new way of building and all of that, a crawl space is just like a basement. It's just shorter. It needs all of the same things as a basement does. So the air sealing and the insulation around the perimeter of this, you know, crawl space is so important, but everyone from, from the past, they get in there and they insulate the entire floor and you really don't need to do that. If you go down in your basement, you look up, the entire floor is not insulated. You know, the, the actual crawl space, the foundation and all of that is considered the, you know, what we call the thermal envelope of the house. It's, it's considered inside the house. So the crawl space where you put HVAC and plumbing pipes and all that is considered a part of the inside of the house. So you, you don't want to have that outside air mixing anymore. I know they used to, you know, old school building is put the vents, you close them in the winter, you open them in the summer. Um, if you do the crawl space, right. And if you do a system like Helitech does where you keep that moisture out and everything, if you insulate the perimeter and you can do an isoning foam, once, once that liner's in, you can do an isoning foam around that perimeter. You'll get great air sealing ability and you'll get great R value from the temperature. And then all that insulation comes out from that floor. You don't even need it. Let the air mingle, let the duct work down there. It, it leaks, it leaks air into that, you know, uh, conditioned air into that space. Then it rises up through the floor and everything just like it does in your basement. And you have a good, nice conditioned area that is, you know, well taken care of. And so there's a lot better way to build that kind of stuff these days. So, um, I think what we'll do is if Tim can hang on the line, I just noticed the call come in there. We'll get into our final break and then Tim, I'll get to you as soon as we get back from our break. And if anybody else has any questions, 314-241-9797. All right, we're back. Last segment, last chance to get in on the gift card giveaway. 314-241-9797. And speaking of the calls, I'm going to go straight to Tim. Has a uh, question for us. Tim, what do you got going on? Hey, Rich. Thanks for taking my call. Oh, thank you for calling. Good to hear from you. Hey, um, I am thinking about uh, replacing my uh, plastic corrugated uh, drain pipes from my gutters to that uh, hard, rigid plastic. Yes. Um, first, uh, where can I get that stuff? Can I get that at uh, like the Home Depot, the big box stores? Yeah, yeah, you can get that there. There is, um, there's a couple types. There's a white plastic one that's a little bit thinner that they'll have. And then there's a green pipe that's a four inch plastic pipe. The green's a little bit sturdier and a little bit thicker. So, okay. but, but yeah, you can get that Lowe's, Home Depot, any of the big box stores, they have it. Just tell them what I'm um, looking to use it for. And yep. 
Um, now, connecting to the uh, downspouts, I guess there's fittings that will will connect to the to the downspout that I can just glue to the to the pipes. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. There's a fitting, and they'll have it there that goes from the square downspout to the round four inch pipe. Um, and there's a couple sizes, so measure your downspout because there's you know the old downspouts are a two inch by three inch size. And the newer ones are a little bit bigger. They're a three by four um, size, so they're they're you know handle a lot more water on the newer ones. So depending on the age of the gutters, what size that fitting is. But what you mentioned too is that glue. That glue is very important, and glue the pipes that are underground too. You know, glue the elbow, glue the pipes together. Make sure you glue everything. It's like a plumbing system when right. you put it in. You want to keep the water in the pipe. Um. My biggest problem is uh, a few of the uh, downs, the few of the drain pipes run under sidewalks. Uh huh. Um, so you know, I'm, I, I guess, how would I run that? How would I, I guess, get the dig the corrugated the existing pipe up and and fit that uh, the the new pipe under the the sidewalks. You got any idea on that, Kevin? How, yeah, what do you guys do when well, you run into that? If it's a three-foot-wide walkway, we can tunnel under it. Mm-hmm. So you just dig and tunnel under. So um, like a spade shovel, like a thin, longer, you know, short-handled shovel, you can just tunnel and, and dig that pipe out, but it's not very easy. Yeah, if you get into a long stretch of sidewalk and things like that, then it gets really complicated. You might have to take a piece of the concrete out. No, yeah, it's just the walkway that's probably two feet so wide. Yeah, and so so... Another way that you can do that that's a little less common unless you you know companies that do a lot of this stuff is they they make this um, they, it, we call it a sidewalk sucker it's it's a concrete machine thing that goes on a bobcat that will actually pick up a section of concrete so you can cut it at the control joints pick up that piece of concrete move it and then set it back in place once you're done. Um, but by the time you find a company to do that, a lot of concrete guys would probably break it out and pour a new one and say it, it's the same cost or, or less just to pour a new one. Yeah, bridges bust it and pour a new, new one, you say? Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, okay, great. And uh, do you know what length the pipe comes in? Yeah, they come in 10-foot lengths. Okay. And I would, uh, you know, my standard kind of recommendation is be at least 10 feet from the foundation, if not more, if you can. If, you know, if, if 10 feet away, you've got a good amount of fall, you know, you could stop there if you want, but take it out as far as you can. Is the further you can get away from the house, the better. Yeah, get all that roof water away from your foundation. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and at the end, you were talking about that elbow that, uh, That'll uh, turn up and allow you to put the pop up. Uh, they sell an elbow with a uh, weep hole in it. Yep, well. it's a yeah, it's a kit. It's called a pop up emitter. They'll have it at the big box stores with all this out, you know, uh, outdoor underground okay. piping. And it's yeah, it's basically an elbow with the cap, and that elbow has like a little you know rectangular slot in the bottom of it. And what you want to do is where you're ending that elbow. There's kind of two reasons to do this. Where you're stopping, you want to dig a hole in the ground about the size of a five-gallon bucket, 
and put rock in there. Just buy a couple bags of rock, fill it up, tamp that rock real good, and you can set that elbow on that rock and and bring that to the right height for your yard so that that you know, green cap is just underneath the grass. So when you cut the grass, you can cut over this. You can mow right over it. It won't hurt oh, okay. anything. It's not going. It's not going to be exposed. It won't. It'll be basically at the level of the dirt at the bottom of the blades of grass, so you can mow right over it. But what the rock does is, it'll it'll keep it sturdy, so it doesn't sink later. And, and get too low and let the grass grow over it, and it'll it'll give a spot for the water to come out of that hole, kind of fill up that little five gallon bucket area of rock, and then slowly dissipate. You know, in times like today when it's not raining, I don't have to run rock underneath the pipe though, all the way from the. From the no, pipe. nope you you don't have to do that. You do want to make sure to try and keep it sloped down and and as flat as possible, so the so the pipe, you know, if you can keep the pipe from going up and down and holding water, it'd be a good thing. Right. You know, okay. but you don't need the rock underneath the whole thing. All right, Tim. Gotcha. Thanks. Awesome. Hey, thanks for the call. Great topic. Great question on with everything that we're kind of talking about and going over. Um, so that's, you know, the best way to do that. And, and Kevin, we recommend that for absolutely everybody. It's it you know didn't used to be a thing and it is a thing now. Our weather patterns are so bad nowadays that it's not it, you just got to get that roof water away from your house. You have to. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to remind everybody um, to give Helitech a shout and they can take care of all these issues for you. So if you got anything with the water, anything in your crawl spaces, any type of stuff like that, um, give them a call three one four three two nine. 4660 or look them up at helitechonline.com and you guys have um some offices around town now right because you used to just have the one place out in illinois but now for a while you've got some branches out and around town where are they at we we um we branched out and put an office uh warehouse facility in cruise um out in uh, o'fallon and that's an area that's been growing as you know dramatically the last five to 10 years. And, um, we just saw that we were really out there a lot, doing a lot of work. And we've got another office in Columbia. We were pulling crews in from Columbia to do the work out in that region in some cases, and just decided that this made sense that let's put, let's put crews. I think we've got three or four out there now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the goal is to get five or six, um, as we can get and hire good people. That's the yeah. challenge right now. If we could put six out there right now, we would, yeah. Um, so if you're looking for a job and you got a good background and everything, uh, give Helitech a call. We we can use good people, good help. Awesome. So, yeah. yeah. That's that's where we're at, and, uh, and then we got some satellite offices over in Illinois and and uh, and such. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's growing. Awesome. Good deal. So and so out in O'Fallon, I mean, the houses aren't super old out there. So bad soil, a lot yeah. of really bad clay out in that region, and. Um, it's a hot zone for us, and it just again justified putting, you know, the investment of a, a warehouse facility and crews and and starting them out of there as opposed to starting them out of Caseyville. So, um, you know, it gives us that St. Louis presence too. Um, but again, just so much work out in the Western Corridor that it was, uh, it was, it, it seemed to make sense, and it's it's really it's working well. So yeah, and you guys have. Um you know, I want to remind everybody, they've got some systems out there for new construction too. So if you're looking to build out that way, because it's a soil thing, everybody's like, my builder, my builder. Well, 
like you said, bad soil. So, yeah, new uh, new construction. So if you're peers. building new, think about Helitech even for something like that. Um, so I think we're just about out of time here. So Kevin, I want to thank you for coming on My again. Pleasure. Had a blast. I want to. Uh, I'm going I'm to go ahead and I don't need to draw the hat. Tim gets a gift card, <laughs> and I will talk to everybody next Saturday. Have a good Have a good afternoon. Thanks, Rich. More at 971talk.com.